Hey, welcome. You're listening to the Newport Folk Podcast. My name is Dan, and we are on episode four of season six. Uh, as you probably know by now, this season, uh, every episode, we are asking a Newport Folk family artist to cover another artist that has played the Newport Folk Festival. Um, and so we ask them to look at this big list that we have of every artist and then choose just one and highlight that artist and cover one or maybe two of their songs. And this episode, we met up with Shaky Graves, a longtime folk family member. And uh, I believe he's played the Folk Festival three different times, although we'll, we'll double check that at the end of the episode. Um, we met up at the Sinclair for um, the second show that he did there. He did two shows back to back and uh, met up beforehand in the green room and recorded this episode. So thanks for listening, as always, and please enjoy. All right, so we are here at the Sinclair in Cambridge, Massachusetts uh, with Shaky Graves. Thank you so much, man, for taking the time to do this. Of course. Yeah, thank you for coming out. This is your second show at the Sinclair, right? Yep, second show at the Sinclair, last show of this tour. Wow. Yeah, this is the martini shot. Does this last tour feel any different than previous? Last? Yeah, this is my. Um, this has probably been my favorite tour, uh, for some in some ways my favorite tour probably I've ever done, just because we've. Uh, it, it's a lot of stuff that I've talked about doing and thought about doing even since I started playing, which is just kind of I've always wanted there to be, you know, ebb and flow and sort of peaks and valleys in the shows that I do as opposed to it just being rambunctious or like super quiet or, you know, I, I kind of like extremes. Um, and so this tour is like billed as an acoustic tour, but it, what it really means is we're just playing smaller rooms and actually getting to like move in and set up shop. So like right now, you know, we have a whole day to do whatever, you know, so I went and wandered around in a castle on Harvard campus. And do you remember which castle that was? Yeah. I went to the, um, the Harvard lampooner, uh, castle i don't know what it was called i think it's called the harvard lampooner castle is that like the harvard lampoon like the comedy yeah the, the the magazine the comedy magazine did you learn anything interesting yeah i can't tell you it's all very secretive <laughs> you um, have to kill me <laughs> yeah but there's uh yeah i'm a member of the pegasus society or something now i i had to do a very difficult task but you know that was a great way to kick my day off and then eat a little food and then um but yeah, I mean, like the, this tour has allowed for a lot of weird experiences like that, where usually when people are like, so you went on tour, how was uh, so-and-so? And I was like, well, I saw the inside of the venue, right. and then I went outside and went to like a CVS, <laughs> you know, and then made it back and played the show and then uh, did it all over again. You mentioned the ebbs and flows. How do you get those in a tour? Like, how do you, you can't really construct ebbs and flows in, how do, but how do you try and make every night different? You know what I mean? Well, I think... W- what I what I really mean by that is that um, we can do a lot of it's like I can do solo acoustic uh, just me and guitar then I can add in my suitcase percussion like foot percussion that I'm doing can get more aggressive sound out of that then we have like a stripped more stripped down acoustic set with my band also in playing stand up bass another guitar and then you know either we have a one setup where our drummer does lap steel on uh, another one where he's playing kind of ground percussion and then it's we strip it down to like a stripped down three piece or build it back up or whatever and um so it's just kind of adding as opposed to going full electric we just kind of cover as much noise as we can using the limitations of acoustic instruments 
forcing those limitations on yourself, there's definitely some Newport folk vibe in that <laughs> mentality. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, this is, you know, I've played all sorts of, the, some of the shows I've played at uh, Newport Folk have been just coincidentally throughout me experimenting with being less folky. You know what I mean? Like, and not that Newport Folk isn't used to that. Like, there's all sorts of, like reading the list of everyone who has played to try and pick stuff. I was like, wow, this is a, this is just like a, you know, what do you want? What flavor? Like there's every type of music and band and the things that I've seen there, you know, it covers all that ground too. But this setup is funny because it's, you know, that's sort of my roots either way are <laughs> folk rock or something. My my least favorite thing to say. Um, but it's like, I feel like this is the tour that people were expecting to see years ago when they came out. And then they were like, oh, I guess you're doing something else. Mm. I was like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I am. In my first Newport show, I was playing a, <laughs> I was playing a, I found a BC Rich Warlock, which is like the silliest guitar, like a metal guitar, and it had hot pink strings on it, and it was like a hundred dollars. And I found it at this guitar store, and it was like a, like a pound puppy that was like, adopt me. You took it <laughs> and I was like, you're gonna play at Newport Folk <laughs> Festival, and, and 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 I did. He's like, what? Well, yeah, I've been living in a thrift shop. I'm pretty sure people, I, a couple of people were like, I'm ninety percent sure that's the first time a BC Rich Warlock has been played at Newport, and I was like, yeah. That's, not big. well either my <laughs> it didn't sound great all right so let's talk about uh what we've asked you to do here today we've asked you to take a look at all of the previous artists that have played the folk festival and uh tell me who you chose to to highlight and to cover i chose um i chose buffy saint marie uh who's an incredible um uh, native american woman uh, who's Canadian, I think, or she was born in Canada and then raised in Maine, I think. And she was a, uh, she was a major staple of, uh, of the sixties, like true folk, you know, movement and, uh, has some of the weirdest accolades. She's had a crazy life. I've met her before. I met her in, in Canada at the, uh, I think it was at the Winnipeg folk festival and she's the feistiest, coolest lady. She's just like, has this full, uh, <laughs> full like native band that she's like wearing leather pants and feathers in her hair and they do like war chants mixed into rock music now and stuff she's like 80 she's in her 80s wow that's what she's doing right now like currently she's, she's kicking ass wow. with like they all have like futuristic like instruments the last time i saw them you know like the neck of the guitar but with no body kind of stuff right, i'm like right. whoa <laughs> and, and she's like a she's got a crazy voice you know she does that like weird vibrato thing that yeah. that uh people don't really do anymore but where it's like ah it's like and it it she writes really uh i mean some of the craziest stuff about her is that she she both she wrote a song that was a giant hit that elvis made famous until it's time for you to go like, hmm. it's such a beautiful and here i'll stay until it's time for you to go is it very different than her version yeah i mean it's stripped down but it's just that her lyrics are are awesome. Like until you hear, you'll stay until it's time for you to go. Like it starts kind of, I think sort of more physical, you know, about, about like in my arms or like in my bed, you know, like, and you'll stay here until it's time for you to go. And then by the end, it's like, she's talking about like being in her heart, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, I'll keep you until it's time for you to go. And you're like, Oh, cool lady. 
That's that's some talented poetry. That is that it sounds easy to do when you listen to it, and it is insanely hard to do. Yeah, and she's I mean she's been like super battling for the you know the rights of native people, and and so like she has all these super intense kind of like protests, and hmm. she has this one song called that I I considered playing just because it's so intense. But the the lyrics are <laughs> I read them and was like no, <laughs> Buffy I can't do this. It's called My Country Tis of Thy People, comma You're Dying. Whoa. Like, do you know when that came out roughly? I think it was in the late, late 60s, late 60s. 60s, 70s. Yeah. Uh, so, what song did you pick? So, I picked uh, her song Little Wheels Spin and Spin. Um, the whole title might be Little Wheels Spin and Spin, Big Wheels Turn Around and Around. Yeah. But uh, it, it's, it's like a super intense, apocalyptic, finger picked song just about. Uh, let me stop you there. Well, let's let's hear it and then we'll talk about it after. All right. Yeah. And I, I, you know, it's it's um, yeah. This is obviously a a loose rendition. <laughs> Christ is born and the devil's in hell Hearts they shrink, pockets swell Everybody know and nobody tell Little wheel, spin and spin Big wheel, turn around and around Little wheel, spin and spin Big wheel, turn around and around Oh, the sins of Caesar's man Cry the pious citizens Who petty thieve the five and tens And the big wheel turns around Little wheel, spin and spin Big wheel, turn around and around Little wheel, spin and spin Big wheel, turn around and around Oh, blame the angels, blame the fates Blame the Jews or your sister Kate Teach your children who to hate And the big wheel turns around and around and around Little wheel, spin and spin Big wheel, turn around and around Little wheel, spin and spin Big wheel, turn around and around and around and around Turn your back on weeds you've hoed, silly sinful seeds you sowed, and add your straw to the camel's load. Pray like hell when the world explodes. Little wheels spin and spin, big wheel turn around and around. Little wheels spin and spin, big wheel turn around and around and around and around. Swing your girl, fiddler say, later on the piper pay. Do si do, swing and sway, dead will dance on judgment day. Little wheel spin and spin, big wheel turn around and around. Little wheel spin and spin, big wheel turn around and around and around.
That was Little Wheel Spin and Spin uh, by Buffy St. Marie, performed by Shaky Graves. Um, so when did you first come aware of that song? When did you first hear it? Um, oh, God. I, I, I found that song in, uh, I was living in, in Los Angeles, and this must have been like 2006-ish, and I was always, you know, I was like broke as shit, and um, I lived kind of close to Amoeba Records. And what I would do is I would get, you know, 10 bucks together, and go and root through their dollar bins. They had just a massive amount of dollar bins. I had a, a record player and was and had like no records. It just kind of got my first record player, and um, and I they didn't have turntables that you could listen to anything in the store, so it was entirely based on like album cover and whether or not I had heard of somebody. And uh, you know, I was flipping through stuff and I found this. Uh, it was like great Buffy St. Marie Greatest Hits Volume One, and it's this crazy photo of her with a big steel guitar in like a gypsy den looking like like things dangling things and like a big and it's like the witchiest like 60s witched out vibe and i was like who is this who on earth is this person it was a double vinyl hadn't heard of her before hadn't heard of her at all and went home and like uh i think i think someone had given me some like hash like like actual like lumpy hash, you know? And I went and I remember I sat on the carpet in my room and put headphones on and, and put the needle on the record and smoked hash and freaked out. I had one of those early like where I was like, what did I find like a, cause she writes a lot about magic and she, she like used a, was a pioneer of a bunch of stuff just cause she was like curious and weird. Like she did, uh, she experimented with like vocal effects. She has this song called, God is alive, magic is a foot. That's just like God is alive, magic is a foot. And it's like <laughs> spiraling around in stereo and stuff. And it was just the biggest mix of like psychedelic weirdo uh country folk. And there's a lot of folk music from that era that I don't like that's too uh, you know, I don't even know, too dorky for me. Sure, it's square. just too yeah. like on the you know, the yeah. people and the flowers. And it's like she she covers all the same stuff, you know, she's very political. Right. And, um, but she has like this certain, uh, edge to her that, uh, really blows my mind. Like I, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know really where she fits in all that. And I think because of that too, and because of her ethnicity, she was sort of, um, she was, she was highly regarded, but she should be, you know, a, a giant superstar household name. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm victim to that, too. I think of her as just one of the old folkies, you know, yeah. like one of the old 60s folkies. But just from hearing what you're saying, she clearly went through so many different phases of a career and, and reinvented herself and was experimental and ambitious, I mean, and it's really cool to hear. Yeah, I mean, getting a, she has tons of accolades, but, you know, like getting a, a giant Elvis hit yeah. and an Academy Award and being, you know, like she's an orphan and a Native woman and, like, She's just had a crazy life, man. That that lady has, and she she doesn't. When you see her, she's just like bright and excited. And uh, when you met her, did you like fanboy out? Like, yeah, I, like, I definitely wanted to take a moment. And it's like she's very sweet. And I I brought up. Um, she's got this other song called Codine, that I think has been covered by a bunch of people before. But it's so good, and it's I think it's a true story. It's it's like she got. She was caught a cold at some point and was given uh, prescribed codeine, but like the the, the old style, yeah. like super opiumed out, and she got addicted to codeine for a while. And she wrote this great song that's like so spicy and 
and it's just about becoming a, a codeine addict and like losing your mind. So if I've never listened to Buffy St. Marie, who would you, what record would you recommend I get that, into first? That Greatest Hits uh, Volume 1 is a really great retrospective of her stuff. Nice. You know how there's like some of those greatest hits that, that it's it's as iconic as any of her records? She's got some great front-to-back records, but it's that one really showcases all the way up to that country record. So it's like some of her dreamier, trippy just her and guitar stuff and then it goes into like full Nashville production for a couple it's and it's a super fun record to listen to it's two records you know, it's great cool. yeah, yeah. Um, do you mind if I try and play Codeyan sure yeah man um, nice. yeah when I'm when I met uh, when I met Buffy this was the song that I I told her I, that when I when I had found her record I, I did a cover of this song this was my favorite one on, on that record for a long time alright cool here we go ready this is uh, Codeine by Buffy St. Marie In my belly's a craving, got a shooting in my head. Well, I feel like I'm dying, and I wish I was dead. If I live till tomorrow, that'll be a long time. Then I'll rise and I'll fall and I'll die. And it's real, and it's real One more time Well, when I was a young girl I learned not to care About whiskey and from it I often did swear My mother and father said whiskey's a curse But the fate of their baby was a many times worse And it's real, and it's real one more time Stay away from the cities, stay away from the towns Stay away from the man who brings the codeine around Stay away from the stores where the remedy is sold Better the pain than to be caught on the floor And it's real, and it's real You'll forget your woman, you'll forget about men Try it just once and you'll try it again You'll forget about life, you'll forget about time And you'll leave off your days as a slave to codine And it's real, and it's real, one more time I die tomorrow Still one thing I've done I'd heeded the warning That I got when I was young 
my one satisfaction it comes when I think that I'm living my life without bending to drink and it's real and it's real one more time oh and my belly's a craving I got a shooting in my head I feel like I'm dying and I wish I was dead if I live till tomorrow it'll be a long time for I'll reel and I'll fall and I'll die on codine and it's real and it's real one <laughs> you got a favorite lyric in that one? Um, I think my favorite is uh, uh, my mother and father said whiskey's a curse, but the fate of their darling was a many times worse. Yeah, it's a, it's she definitely compares the normalcy that people talk about alcohol, right? And then the tabooness that they talk about, you know, addiction to opioids. I mean, I think that's probably why, uh, you know, people like Joplin and I guess Courtney Love, for that matter, were drawn to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, she's the, she's the jam. That, it's uh, kind of cool that she isn't a household name, but there are so many artists that have kept her music going, too, and covered it over and over again. She's a severely covered person, which is great. Yeah. And by some pretty giant bands, too, obviously. What does that, what does that mean to be, a, why are some artists severely covered? You know, I think it's just the way that she works with words is that um, it's just a, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I felt the same uh, urge to, I don't know. I, I felt the same urge to like immediately have something to do with her music when I heard it. You know, I wanted to cover it or learn one of the songs. Um, and she paints very uh, surrealistic, like beautiful uh, pictures. It, it, I think some people's, music um or lyrics are are particularly um vivid you know right and her imagery and in in combination with sort of her strange guitar playing and kind of open tuning and stuff like that has this uh and and the way her voice sounds it has like a very um yeah shocking and poetic feeling and i guess it's no no surprise that you know her being canadian and growing up around or being contemporary of Leonard Cohen, you know, and, and Neil Young is like, that doesn't hurt to have those people going, and Joni Mitchell going and hearing them do their thing and being like, oh, yeah. I can do that. But I think what's nice is that she, you know, she painted with her own paintbrush. And in the world that she knew, you know, she, she stayed true to her roots and like, and that's what her stuff is about, which is awesome. Right. Well, that's actually probably a good transition to the question that we'll be asking uh, every artist at the end of these episodes. Um, in the tradition of artists sort of influencing other artists and passing down, you know, their knowledge. Um, if for some reason there's someone who is listening to this podcast right before they go on stage at the Newport Folk Festival, um, as someone who's been three times now, what advice would you give to them uh, right before they took the stage? Yeah, I mean, my my suggestion is to just, uh, you know, breathe and be as 
be whatever you are that day. You know, don't try and like fit some sort of show that you feel like uh, you need to do. Like do whatever you want uh, in real time. You know, if you're having a weird day, play a quiet show. If you're feeling boisterous, you know, go for it. You're not going to shock anybody. But people are listening and, and they want you to, uh, it's an environment where people are, are, are listening. They're paying attention and they want you to do what you want to do, which is great. And I, you know, some of my favorite shows that I've seen there in recent times, like Sturgill's show, whatever, two years ago, when he just was like super mad about whatever and like (laughs) started to play a sad song that like he he thought the audience wanted to hear for a sec. You know, it's like one of his, one of his big songs. And he just like maybe a verse and a half in was like, fuck this. No. He's like, I'm done. I'm not playing this. He's like, I'm doing whatever the, whatever the fuck I want. And he like pulled his in-ear monitors out and just like cranked his guitar up and him and his three-piece just caught everything on fire. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> One of his like uh, crew people tried to come out and put it, like help him with his little ear pack thing. And he like slapped him away. He was like, let it be. Get away from me. I was like, holy shit. This We're doing is, it live. Incredible. Wow. All right, man. Well, any last words, anything else you want to say about Buffy St. Marie before, uh, before we go? Um, no, it's, I, I, you know, I, I think it's, uh, it was, it was, it, I, I, I was happy to do this, um, this podcast in general, just to sort of take account and look at stuff, but it was, I, I was personally surprised how quickly I, I knew I wanted to talk about her. Um, so I'm glad that I had the, uh, the opportunity to, and just sort of remind myself also at the same time that she's a big because I always like balk and freak out when people are like so who are your influences and you don't want to be like oh this obscure uh, uh, you know first nation woman that <laughs> you never heard of her <laughs> you know but, but like but you should tell me <laughs> well uh, thanks man for taking the time this was really mind blowing yeah and, this uh, is fun as hell yeah appreciate it Shaky Graves played the Newport Folk Festival in 2014, 2015, and 2018. Buffy St. Marie played in 1964, 1967, 1969, and 1988. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.